This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. No rest! All right, y'all, what's going on? It's another episode of Keeping It Real with... Young Wayne. I'm here. You know what I'm saying? This episode, I guess without forcing it, but... Wayne, we're going to get to know you a lot better. Yeah, man. Because nobody fucking knows you. <laughs> that, what do you mean, nobody fucking knows me? I mean, like, know you know me. Okay, all right, that's fine. You're very, you're an interesting guy. Like, as much as, you know, we're friends, we've been friends a long time now. Yeah. Uh, I guess there's a lot of shit I don't know about you. <laughs> Were you born in Chicago? That's a, You know, that's interesting that you asked that, because I was not. And that, mm. that is a... Uh, it's weird though. They told, I, but I only know what they told me because I was a baby, so I wouldn't know. But they said that uh, I was born, and then six weeks later, my auntie Carolyn came and got me and flew me on a plane to Chicago. Where were you born at, nigga? I was born in Dallas, Texas. Uh-huh. Yeah, da- Dallas Medical Center for all my people down in Dallas. What up, though? So your auntie kidnapped you <laughs> and brought you to Chicago. This is what I was told, and uh, I lived with my grandparents for a while, and then my mom came and. Uh, Hey, the story starts there. What Tyler Perry movie did you come out of? <sighs> Probably the one ain't written. It literally starts like a Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one that wasn't written yet. Holler at me, man. Uh, the man. Wayne story. The Wayne story. All right, man. so you grew up in Chicago, Southside, yep. right? Southside of Chicago, man. Um, 95th, to be exact. Princeton Park. Um, mm-hmm. Right off the off the damn ride. People don't know. Abbey Park. Shout out them. And, uh, yeah, I went to a church school at 3. Instead of going to daycare, she took me to school. Uh, my family had a church on 94th and Perry. Um, still there. Um, and, um, Wait, yeah. what church is it? You say your family. New, your Progressive, grandf- your Mich- New Progressive Missionary Baptist Church. My uncle, L.Z. Young, was the reverend mm. for a long time. He passed years back. So uh, church still there, though. And that's why I got my upbringing, through the church, uh, through school. Um, and my mom not letting me go outside in the hood. And, um, yeah, here we are. No, but then we moved and bought a house. Well, she bought a house. Went to a school. I, I actually, what happened? So I um, I skipped the grade. So I, so leaving the church school, <laughs> I was like eight years old in like the sixth grade. <laughs> I, was, I was so ahead of my time. Like, you know, yeah. What, why are you looking like that? You was eight in sixth grade? Yeah, I was going, I was flying through. We had paces. So I was flying through the paces, but I had like a sixth grade learning level. And then I went to... Um, that explains the big-ass suit. <laughs> and, and we could throw up some pictures of me as a kid in suits, because I was wearing them suits then. Probably the same size suits, because I really didn't grow much. Yeah, hey, man, we had to act like you in sixth grade with this big-ass suit on. <laughs> Come on, man. Eight, yeah, eight years old, sixth grade. Then she bought a house, and uh, we had to move, so I couldn't no longer go to the church school, so I went to a, a public school. Wait, was it just you and your mom? Was At your that dad? time... Me, yeah, me and my mom. And then oh, I had a little brother. No, my dad. No, nah, nah, that didn't work out early. 
I think that might be have something to do with why I came to Chicago by myself six months with my auntie. I don't know. Hey, I don't bother my mom business out there like that. But it's out there. That's what happened. At least that's what I was told. You know what's interesting about you? Like, and it's so funny. Like, we decided, like, all right, this episode, we'll get to know Wayne. <laughs> you talk in so many pieces. Mm. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What? All I know is you was kidnapped. <laughs> you went to a church school. Your uncle had a church that's still there. <laughs> they promoted you to the sixth grade at eight. Uh-huh. Uh, but then some other shit happened. <laughs> then your mama bought a house. Yeah. Your daddy wasn't involved. Not in that part. So you and your dad, great relationship. Yeah, do. Yeah, but he wasn't there early. Yeah, not not right there. Not living in the house, no. So I'm saying you always had a relationship with your dad. Yeah, believe so. I can, only for what I can remember. But yes. <laughs> what the fuck you talking about? You're my memory, my memory be a little shady. <laughs> you looking at me like? Why he was wrong with you, man? <laughs> 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 As smart as you is, man. Like, cause that's what your brain moves so fast. Yeah, got a lot going on up there. So, but you and your dad are tight now. Yeah, yeah, we tight, real tight. I mean, you consider yourself more. You're a mama's boy. Yeah, well, I have to say so, cause that's who I, you know, that's who I was around more, for sure. Mm. But my dad's my guy, for sure. But so yeah, so back to what I was saying. Uh, so I was in sixth grade, but I couldn't go to sixth grade when I uh, I went to the, another school, the public school. We did a test because they were like, we don't know what grade you in. Like you, I'm confused. We don't know who you are. We don't know what to do with you. I said, give me a test. So they, they gave me a test. You said, as a child, give me a test. <laughs> yeah, give me a test. I, I'll show you. So then I don't uh, fucking believe. I took <laughs> I took the test. You asked my mom. I took a test and uh, I tested in the fifth grade instead of sixth grade. I don't know what happened. But I tested in the fifth, and my mom was like, uh-uh, no, no, no. You too little to go to fifth grade at eight. And uh, she said, all right, put them in fourth. So still, I, I, you know, most eight-year-olds eight are in third grade. I still end up skipping a grade. So from there, I didn't learn much at that school that I went to because I, I learned so much being in sixth grade. At eight, in the church school, I kind of just coasted, got straight A's, A's and B, maybe one B here and there. And then she wanted to figure out how can we – Enhance all this. Going to high school, I couldn't go to Thornton or something like that out there. She said, we're going to test you into, uh, take another test. I went to Whitney Young, took a test, got in, and I had to take a Metro and two trains to get to high school every day at 13 years old with a big book bag and braids and a do-rag. This nigga said, damn, like you walked to school or some shit. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot. Nigga, no, it wasn't. What? I did that shit. You didn't do that. I went to Providence St. Mail. I took the bus every day to school. I got fucking yoked. <laughs> Man, on Halloween, that shit's so fucked up. The Dang. Yoked the shit. I'm about to get on the bus with just egg yolk all on you. <laughs> I don't want to imagine that. That's, that's, that's when they, you know, you used to throw eggs at people yeah, on Halloween, Halloween in yeah. Chicago. Like, and they got you. Fucking wild. They got the fuck out of me. And I try to run. This is what, let me tell you something. If you're going to run away, run straight. <laughs> You you was, I ran in the circle, man. Them <laughs> niggas tore my ass up with the damn eggs. <laughs> and then, like, I tried to get mad. And then, you, they, you know, they bigger than me. They're like, mm-hmm. I said, man, I'm a f- Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fuck. No, I won't. Just wait on this bus. So, so did you ever have a bully in school? Did I have a bully? No, well, not really, man. No. Not yeah. for real. Yeah. Not for real. I mean, it's, bullies don't really exist in hood schools. Gangs do. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. It ain't if one nigga bullying nobody. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 if you can fuck with the whole gang. <laughs> the whole gang. Bullies. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny, like, because you think about that, you think about, because you would do it the young. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't have real school dances. Yeah, yeah. It was just like a party. Like, actually, yeah. it was like a club. Like, you know, like when I watch TV, you like, they're like, <laughs> who I'm going to ask to the spring dance? And like, nigga, nobody. <laughs> Y'all just pull it up. Nigga just pull it up. Yeah. <laughs> the guys and girls and then yeah, just figure it out from there. Yeah. So wait, y'all had to have going dates. You had to ask a girl to, to nah, some of the dances. No, nah, never. Never? Not the homecoming? Nah, I, I, I used to watch Say by the Bell, like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Sadie's Hawkins dance? Even homecoming. It was only prom was like date required. Yeah. Did well, you go to prom? Yeah, I went to prom. Who you go with? This girl out from out west, actually. Yeah. I don't want to put her name out there, but yeah, her. She knows she is. I took Kimberly Ratliff to prom. Are oh, you putting names out there? Okay, Ebony Vaughn. There you go. Like, what you think she's ashamed of you? <laughs> she might be. <laughs> Wait, you better not tell nobody what the prom with you. Nah, she went on. She went on prom with me. I was late. I was real late. I didn't have a car until like six at night. A prom. I was a terrible prom date. I was the worst. And that was last minute that I went to prom. See. Uh, I think I, I think I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I think we got I, the I same think story. Matt brought it up. My brother was like, "Yo, remember you? I left Kimberly." I was like, whatever it was, my whole family was upset at me when I went to church that Sunday. <laughs> like, why did you do Kim like that? Was it her prom? Like it was, it was her mine. year? It was okay, crying. okay. No, I'm, okay. So she went to. Did you go to? Her, she didn't take you on hers then. No. Okay, I wouldn't either. If you sent that off before, it wasn't even like a sinner. I don't know, man. It, just, it just didn't go well. I was all over the place. <laughs> I had a great time at prom. But, like, my nephew, like, he just went to prom, and I had to get him a Rolls Royce and all this shit. Yeah, I saw that. He was flying, He got man. dropped off at a fucking minivan. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga had a fucking Rolls Royce. Man. I was like, I couldn't believe he asked me for that shit. I'm actually surprised I got it. He wasn't ashamed. He said, man, I need that Rolls Royce, unk. I seen you on the movies, bro. It was a hood car company, too. Them niggas like, hey, uh. We ain't pulling up till we get the rest of our money. I think I sent the money. <laughs> well, who found the people? I don't know. It was like a third party. Like wow. April helped me get it booked, but these niggas was like Matt had to call me. They like, yeah, kid, put him on the phone. Hello, yeah, we ain't pulling off until we get the rest of our money. <laughs> like, wait, so y'all been just sit this shit in front of the house in the hood? <laughs> which I was nervous about that too. Like, I, you know, I was in LA, so I couldn't see them all. Which kind of thankful for that, <laughs> you know. Rolls Royce and Lil Real in the middle of the West Side of Chicago. Like, nigga, no. It's all love, though. Prom. Niggas came out the house. Like, my brother was like, yo, nigga, everybody came out the house for blocks uh, to see uh, this nigga. Oh, wow. That's scary. Oh, wow. He won the Rolls Royce. He deserved it, though. He he earned it. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't earn the way these lavish proms are now. Like, was your prom? Did you yeah. get a limo or any of that? No, I drove a little car that I told you we got last minute. That's what I'm saying. Like, these niggas, somebody posted this the other day, like, <laughs> It's like two thousand dollars to to rent this limo in front of a two hundred dollar two hundred dollar house. Because <laughs> you, <laughs> if you see those pictures, like it's like a red carpet and it's these fucking uh, Bentleys, and it's like this little house. <laughs> yes, yeah, like it's, did y'all spend all y'all money on this shit? On the car, man. that shit crazy, yo. Like proms is you shouldn't celebrate prom to me. Hmm. To celebrate prom, I think if you're gonna celebrate something, it should be graduations. Okay. Like, if you want to do it big, it's, like, like, you can still go to prom and not graduate. Mm, I didn't. I never. They never required you that. to pass. Like, you could be a failing student, but you're going to prom. 
long as you weren't in trouble, you could go, right? Yeah. Well, I thought Matter of fact, even if you is in trouble, I've never really heard nobody being banned from prom. <laughs> I thought if you ain't had a grade, you couldn't go to you just could, all you nah. couldn't go to graduation, you go to prom though. Nigga, anybody as long as you pay for it. Ah, uh, it's all about the money. I guess. Hmm. It's so many people that didn't graduate that have been on prom. <laughs> Hey man, if you had, if you they got went, no diplomas, just a prom picture. If you went to prom and you didn't graduate, call us. Let me know what that looked like. Well, all right, okay. So look, you got, you, got, you go to UIC. I went to Whitney Young, man. We ain't get past that. The best school in the world. Nigga, First of Whitney talking. M Young Magna you High School, two eleven South Laughlin, the best high school in the world. Shout out me. Shout out Michelle Obama. Yeah, us. And um, yeah, it was an amazing experience. It changed my life, really. The people I was able to meet, the people that um, I still have relationships today, literally it changed my life. So you can, we can go to college, we can go to the UIC. That was dope, but high school changed my life. Cool. I'm just trying to move forward with. <laughs> but I had to let them know that because that's the best high school in the world, and you knew that, and you wanted to skip over that, and you no, should. I don't care about like nobody gives a fuck about Whitney Young. That's not true. It's hundred percent true. Well, you're gonna get slandered. I don't give a shit. Okay. I went to Crane. Like I wish a Whitney Young motherfucker would. What well, they gonna talk be in your? To we're me. gonna be in your comments, bro. Be in my comments. Understand? Right. Remember, we was the bully school. <laughs> yeah, that that one twenty <laughs> that one twenty six bus was rough, man. <laughs> the niggas was scared. I was scared of us. They came down. It was Crane kids. Them niggas were all sit on the same seat. Yeah, <laughs> I seen them. Like, all right, y'all go go ahead. I, I'm waiting on. The, I'll take the train. Blue line it is. But, but no, UIC is interesting because. I performed there. You were still going there at the time. I was going there one year, then I started working there the next year. That's why I had the suit on. Did you keep talking about that big ass suit? I'm gonna put a picture of that the suit on YouTube. Y'all on YouTube, I'm gonna send a picture in there, post it. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast. And then, like, so, but then, Wayne, like, when I met you, you were, I, I would, were you a party promoter? What the fuck were you doing? <laughs> Yo, it's funny because a lot of people thought that because yeah. I was there. Because what happened, a guy named Javon Hobbs connected me with Mike Irvin mm. because I want to work with, uh, first, I want to work in finance, but it, but then. I was like, yo, maybe I could be a sports agent. And Mike had the AU team at Urban Fire. And I was like, yo, Mike, how can I work with the kids? Or how can I work whatever? And he was like, yo, well, we'll figure it out. But instead of ever figuring it out, we always went to the club. <laughs> so so then next thing you know, he's like, yo, you know some girls? And I was like, yeah, I know some girls, you know. He's like, invite them out. Next thing you know, I'm inviting <laughs> girls out. And 
yeah, I became a party promoter instead of going after what I wanted. Um, but I kind of tried to do both, but they wasn't accepting me, man. If I didn't play ball, like, right, like in college or nothing, they wasn't trying to hear me. Like, agents weren't because they started moving into that space. Well, that's what's interesting, too, about that, too. How did you get into hosting, though, right? Because okay. I knew you wanted to do something like that. Yeah. Because was Shy League first? Nope. So what happened first, um, shout out to Jabba, Jabba Maxi. He stayed, He said he stayed above y'all in, in Harvey. Probably, yeah, he, he stayed and he stayed there with y'all. And um he was hosting at South Suburban College and it was a pro am called Time to Shine. Mm. And it was uh Steph Hanna and I I'm, I know I, I named somebody now, but why do you name me? But no, nah, all the guys and one day Gilbert Arenas walked in and he he played and I was like, Man, this is interesting. So I walked up to Jabba, I was like, yo, let me let me let me see. I could do that. You know, I, I want to host. He was like, nah, little fella. Come back next year. I said, "What's saying high school tryouts? What you talking about? Come <laughs> back next year." And uh, man, I stayed in contact. We came back next year, and uh, his other partner didn't come one day. gave me They gave me a microphone, and man, I haven't walked in a gym without a microphone after that for like years. So then, so then two years later, three years later, Shyly came, and uh, I would have to choose between South Suburban and Shyly. Who started the Shyly? Nike. Nike, Chicago. Well, for everybody that doesn't know what the Shy League, the Shy League basically is what the program used to be, mm-hmm, right? The program, yeah. I used to, I played in a program game. I don't believe that. Yeah, I did. I, we need video, we need pictures. They had cameras back then, huh? In the olden days, as Judah would say. Yeah, I played. <laughs> okay. Um, like, nigga, fuck you. Fuck you know I mean? Uh, but that's when it was still, it might have been. Was so, it IIT? Yep, it was. Yep, mm-hmm. it was exactly where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Shy League to me became the fancier yeah. version of what the pro am is. And yeah. The pro am, you know, people don't know. You have college basketball players, NBA players, top high school players, yeah, coming all up. playing that shit. Yeah, and a few okay niggas like me. <laughs> like you had, like they my... need to fill in the roster because you know everybody couldn't come all the time, so mm-hmm. you had to fill in shit. You yeah, know what I mean? but you had people like Michael Jordan, Antoine Walker, Allen Ivers, and Kevin Garnett. All these people playing in these Paul tournaments. McPherson. Paul McPherson. Don't forget about Paul McPherson. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Chicago basketball, man. It's a crazy story with Paul. You ever heard of Paul McPherson, Michael Jordan story? No. Which you remember? So people, if you look up Paul McPherson, he, he's a a, a, a Chicago high school basketball great, and, and he made it to the NBA. Yeah. He played for the Paul and Phoenix Suns. He was killing at Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So here's the story. Okay, the nigga was having success in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's a pickup game. Michael Jordan's playing in it. Paul McPherson there. Uh, the Edward Walker. It was a, a couple. You know, right. all the catches to play with him. Mm-hmm. This is what I heard. <laughs> Paul McPherson was talking. Hella shit to Mike. Like, shit, shit. Not like just basketball shit, like calling him a bitch and all type of shit. <laughs> the next season, we never saw Paul McPherson again <laughs> play basketball. Come on, man. And he was just killing at Phoenix. He was killing. He was dunking and everything. And then he was just gone. Going crazy. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's that's what I fucking heard is that he was talking. He called Mike a bitch like three times. Man, you a bitch, Mike. Real, I'm like, okay. I, I'm, if we're gonna find out, man, I gotta get hit up. I'm saying that's P-Mac. what I heard, bro. Hit up P Mac, man. Th- and we never saw Paul McPherson in the league again. So you saying Michael Jordan banished Paul McPherson Hell from yeah, the NBA? He did. 
Yeah, I got your bitch. It is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> As he walked away. <laughs> 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 he was gone. Wow. It was like, oh shit. Michael, I mean, the, you know who got the best pickup pick up basketball game story? It's, people got Michael Jordan stories mm. and R. Kelly stories. R. Kelly stories. I, those are real. I've seen the R. Kelly basketball pickup games, and everything I've heard people say, I saw. And it is true. He shoots from 35. The people that are on his team, they rebound, they get it back to him. They set hard screens, and if they lose, they win. They don't lose. That it, is it crazy or is it Art Kelly? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> it's the kill session, man. Dude, I heard like that nigga without pass the ball. No, he shoots. He's he, the only one that shoots. He shoots and he has on a soccer jersey with a like a. So it's crazy. He played in a soccer jersey like let's say Velasquez on the back, and then he would just shoot it from like it's like he shoot it from five. I mean, it's up to has to go in too. It's like wow, two, like plus seven, seven to two now. You know, threes are two. And and pick up up to eleven. I forget who told me they played a pickup game with him, and they was like, they got like frustrated because they like, why y'all acting like this nigga killing? <laughs> He's fucking terrible. R. Kelly though, I that's mean, crazy. That's how I, you know how it go, man. You know what's funny too? The Shyly, and just to go back to that, like. Some I watched some good basketball in yeah. Shyly. Yeah, it's actually that picture right there is from the Shyly. So. That shit lit, yo. Yeah, yeah, Real used to pull up and be intense. Real, I, real. I think Real want to get out there and coach. Like Real was yeah, in yeah, it. I want to coach, nigga. And I'm, I'm there. I'm calling the games. So I'm the host of the games. I'm able to talk trash, um, up and down the court. Uh, man, we had with the black court, gold rims, DJ, full of, full of women, full of people, full of kids, man, free for the city. It was the spot, yo. yeah. And you, yeah. you kind of had to know somebody to get in there. Yeah, you did. And um, once you got in, though, you got a great experience. And I did that for about. Five years, five summers, um, working with Nike and Jordan throughout the year. So that was just a summer. So then I lost my real job because they they were like, you need to go chase that. I said, but I, I need I need check. And they they said, nah, you just you need to go. And that's so I literally just packed up and just didn't know what to do for a whole year. So then I was like, Nike was like, well, we can do like events where NBA players come and we can do some stuff with like the high school kids or kids and then you can host. You can, uh, you know, be the moderator. I was like, all right, well, that's cool. So I got like two checks a year. So I wasn't able to make money. Like I wasn't doing anything else really. Like, but I made those checks stretch some kind of way until the next summer. And then I was able to make some money. But then I started getting, you know, CIAA, McDonald's All-American, um, different classics. And uh, one day I landed a McDonald's commercial. Right. Um, that looked mirrored exactly what was happening at the Shot League. So I'm hosting and giving away Big Macs at the same time. So it's out there, uh, Big Mac campaign. Um, took that, didn't get it, didn't get any agent because I wasn't thinking like that. Instead, I went and got an apartment in the West Loop, Chicago, mm-hmm. and spent twenty four hundred dollars a month. Don't don't ask. It's just something you know. You want to do that one time while you're in your city. You experience that. Shit, I ain't do that shit. <laughs> well, yeah, I did it fucking Harvey. You moved on, but you you also had the kids too at the time. Imagine if you didn't have the kids and you ran into some money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You'd have got that apartment downtown. And I did I did that. And then when that started running out, and Jordan and Nike said, yo, we're not doing any more events until 2020, All-Star. I said, what, what, what? And uh I said, what nothing else to do but to move to LA. And the first place I went to was Rail's show. 
you, y'all shooting real. And I was there, my bags was in the car, and I came and watched the episode. I think y'all was on episode five or six at the time. Mm. And um, I just figured it out. I stayed with Cappy Pondex for two weeks. Um, Shout out to Cappy, the basketball legend. Yeah. WNBA champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, did she have, she had a Olympic gold medal, don't she? I'm not sure. I would, I would want to say yes, though. You're going to look that up for us. Cappy's a fucking legend, yo. She is. Like, she... She's really one of my favorite basketball players in general. Nah, she has all the games. Motherfucker was nice. That's like, all I hear stories. She used to play out west with all the guys, and, and she she used to go to work. Like, she, this this thing about Cappy to me that stands out more than most WNBA players, Cappy, like, she played like D-Wade to me. Like D-Wade? That, that, like, when I watched her play, that's, it reminded me of just watching Dwayne Wade. Wow. Yeah. I'm she like, had handles and shit. She'll pull up on a motherfucker in a heartbeat. Pull up easy. Yeah. Nah, Cappy, Cappy, a real one, man. So then I, I found my own spot out here, man. I've been, whether it's pitching shows, whether it's just working with Jordan and Nike out here in L.A., um, and just being on the road now because, you know, it picked up. You know, when you start hosting in so many places, you know, word of mouth starts to spread. I still don't have, like, management stuff. It's just all word of mouth. My, everything I do is just so organic. And, uh, man, it translated to what we're doing right now, man. So that's kind of my story in a nutshell. Um, well, even with this podcast, you came up with the name. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, no, it wasn't my brilliance as usually <laughs> everything is, guys. <laughs> Wayne came up with Keeping It Real yeah. and did a... Did like a, it was a one what, sheet. What we sent to, yeah. you know, to, to Headgum. Yeah, we used it all the way to he, all the way here. Mm-hmm. That one sheet, I, I remember. I looked it up recently. I, I had it made August fifth, twenty twenty, and uh, you know everything takes time, and that's why I try to tell people, man, don't you can't you can't give up one, and everything's not gonna happen on your time, man. Like you know, stay with it, stay persistent, and anything can happen. Well, you know that's what makes this interesting is that you know, um, you know, I'm I'm big on I try my best to help create opportunities for mm-hmm. people that I think is talented or I'm cool with, and like, because it ain't just about being cool with me. You mm-hmm. got to be cool and talented. Like, I ain't gonna just hook you up just to be doing. Like, right. I'm not that dude. Mm-hmm. You know, like people give out jobs to people that don't be qualified. I'm like, dude, that's fucked up. Yeah, or don't even have the work ethic to like to do this shit, and so. Doing this with you, I guess it makes all the sense in the fucking world. And that's just because of all of our conversations. Yeah. Like, I think about all the amount of times I'm like, shut the fuck up, Wayne. <laughs> it's probably, it's, it's, it's an insane it, amount. Yeah, it, it sure happens every time we talk. <laughs> you're going to find a way to say there's something that you just don't agree with. Shut and, the fuck up, Wayne. Yeah, it is. But Wayne is my inside person, too, in the basketball world. Like, if, I, if, if it's shit I don't know. Like, we was talking about my bulls this year. Yeah. And he yeah. was the resource. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. man, why are you bullshit, man? Yeah, I knew that wasn't going to work out. <laughs> you know, we talking about DeMar DeRozan and Zach exactly. Levine. Yeah. Which is a chance they could still mm-hmm. figure that out, but they didn't figure it out. And you saw that on the court. Yeah. And we got blown the fuck out by Milwaukee. Yeah. It ended quick. That was a... We got to get... The, we got to talk to DeMar, man. DeMar is a great guy. Um... He he came in there because he got that opportunity again. Because I know, like, we talked to people about freedom. He felt free with the Bulls. You can see it mm-hmm. in his game, right? Mm-hmm. And um, 
I can see him doing great. I know you like you want them to do. You want them to win the East next year. I can see them doing great things, developing them young players. And if you if it's if it come making a trade, he's a great teammate. He is. He's like, great. Demar, you saw him. You know, talking to Ao and just like interacting with everybody mm-hmm. and like. And I I think Zach is great. Yeah. But Zach is not. I don't know if he's the greatest leader. Okay. Um, he's good. He he tries. I think he leads by example. Right. And that's only one way to do that shit. Yeah. And like I've seen, uh, I saw Demar go down to Io's um, retirement of his mm-hmm. jersey, doing things like that. But that's just the type of person he is, man. Real. He's a family man. Like his kids and his wife is on like courtside. Yeah. Almost every home game. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody can't be that. So, you know. But you can grow into that and evolve. It's all about evolution and not fighting that. So, and understanding who you are and where you are, playing that role. You got everyone. Everybody has a role in life. And you gotta learn to play it and play it and maximize that. Yeah, I mean that's that's where I think you know makes this friendship work is that you know it ain't it ain't no no egos in that shit. Nope, at all. And you know most motherfuckers, it's always especially as you grow and get stuff. People tend to be like, I don't know, people get weird. You know, yeah. Wayne has always stayed solid. Like anybody, I, you know, anybody I keep in my life like that, that you see consistently, it's just everybody stays solid. Right. You know what I mean? Shout out to LeVar Walker. Mm-hmm. Another one of my solid friends. Yeah. And niggas funny as fuck. And just, it's just, you know, Dave Hellum, all the, just solid. Yeah. Um, that's what it's about. Stay, like you say, just staying solid. But people always, they let the outside interfere. When he going to put you on? When he going to do this for you? You see all the stuff he doing. Why he can't? People, you're going to get that. But that got nothing to do with you. You got to keep growing in, in your own space. Because imagine if I had just stopped and waited on something to happen. Come on, man. That's how you get left. What y'all doing? Mm-hmm. You don't get seen in that light. So I just I hope everybody who's listening or watching understands, like, this is all coming from a real place. And anything can happen, as you can see. That's what we're doing. Keeping it real with young Wayne. Yes, sir. My doubt. I'm going to shake your fucking hand, <laughs> Like, I, I thought that was a good moment right there. <laughs> you have uh, any black shout outs you want to do? Um, can. Shout out Influx. Shout out my man Bobby, cousin Bob, Influx. Yeah, from, from the Bay. All right, that's another episode of Keeping It Real with Young Wayne. We got it. just got to know Young Wayne in 20 minutes. <laughs> the 20 minute episode. Keeping It Real. <laughs> 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 That was a HeadGum Podcast.